0: I used to be a big fan of education, huge fan of education. I don't think, unless you're becoming a doctor where you need the licensing, I don't think you need to go to college. I'm with you, I, yeah. I, I think even high school education is over because when you need something, chat to you and it's just getting better as time goes on.
1: Well, we we met the other day uh, for the first time. I got to learn about uh, G-Parency, Ira, uh, CEO and founder of G-Parency. So what uh, I looked into you guys more uh, yesterday and today, and I'm really interested. You guys have grown super fast. You started the firm in 2021. Uh, LinkedIn says you have like 150 employees or something. I saw you raised a pretty uh, sizable seed round. And you went into the commercial real estate industry when everybody else is like freaking out in the industry so i'd love to just like hear more about your story like what kicked off this business what what like what's what's your mindset in this industry and you know you had some really interesting stuff i loved your energy when we met the other day so uh, let's just dive in head first from here you got it
0: brian thank you very much the feelings are mutual so uh so we we launched in november end of end of 21. basically i've been i've been doing the same thing my whole life got myself a trusted advisor in the mortgage business and the commercial real estate space So I was doing what they call conventional mortgage brokerage. Someone would buy a building for $10 million, $100 million. They they need a mortgage, they need some equity potentially. They wanna refinance an existing loan they had. They came to my firm. Um, I was fortunate, with the help of God, to build that company um, called Eastern Union from a four-man shop up to a company, the third most active in America and and, in transactions and dollar size, $5 billion annually worth worth of transactions. Wow.
1: I, how many people did you have to run that?
0: Um, it's, it was a total of 100 people because it's roughly about 100 people to run. 100
1: that. people, $5 billion in transactions. 5000000000 billion. Right? We're not putting out the money with
0: a broker. So in other words, we brokered the deal. The bank have had a lot more staff to underwrite it than we have to have. So it's, ah, okay. it's brokering, gotcha. right? We're not funding it, right? So that's the, So ran that business. And while I was doing that business, what the world is seeing today with ChatGPT and the world how it's moving. And you tell someone, one day a car is going to – like the Jetsons. You can be able to self-fly, no, no one says no way. Everything is possible, everything's on the table right now. You know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, people couldn't imagine like many of the things that you take for granted today. So while I was in the business, I clearly saw that technology and people how adapting technology. And going through my mind, what's gonna be when the next thing comes out? The question is how long it takes each thing for adaption. So I knew the world's gonna change. Now, one thing about real estate, is it's permanent they can't make more land right you look in your neighborhood whatever there is in your neighborhood it's just two square miles and that's it it's not growing so no one's creating new new land damn battery park city new york city they, they put land into the water and they made more land but there's no more land so real estate's always there we always have to live we have to eat we have to, we, we have to exist so there's land always going to be there. the buildings are always going to be there there's going to be a human component to it the question is the methodology of how they get the financing how they find the rich lender to go through the process could do things themselves all of those things over time is going to change. The reality is what people don't realize the commercial mortgage business, 80% of people don't use a broker, never use the broker. They go straight to the bank. 20% use a broker. Is there a value, in my opinion, to a broker? 1 billion percent. But sometimes you're paying more for the services of the broker than the value they provide. So sometimes it's just not worth it. Is there a value? Yes, but there's only one structure called take it or leave it. If you want to use a broker, you pay a broker a percent of the loan amount, and that's it. So you could have a deal that you need a couple of hours of work or hundreds of hours of work. What was a $20 million deal? The fee was the same. So it sometimes justifies, sometimes it didn't justify. So I was watching the world changing. Clients beating up the fees, negotiating more. The real change, I'm sure you could appreciate this with your background, the real change came from as the internet came out and people started using it and the social media came. And there's no more secrets anymore. Everything's public. So someone's edge was, I know which lender would do what. I went on LinkedIn yesterday. I put a post, I have a deal, and someone called me up. Like I say today, everyone here works for LinkedIn today. We looked, we're we not paying them a commission. <laughs> we're paying them a monthly $39 or something like that. We all work for LinkedIn. So as the world became more open and transparent, then it's even less value a broker brings because, oh, I know where to go. I don't need your help. I can go myself. So, oh, you can only help me with this? You're charging too much. So the fees started going down. So I was watching things changing. Watching that the reason we're winning deals a lot of times because the client didn't realize the opportunities he could do himself. Oh, I can't talk to a bank. I'm a small guy. And that small guy, sometimes I met a small guy who owned $200 million worth of real estate and felt he was small because he knows there are multi-billion dollar guys. And you meet this guy who owns his $800,000 building he thinks he's small. So putting all these things in perspective, I knew the world was going to change. And if the world's going to change, I used the line Netflix. I never want to be Netflix out of my business. So I was positioning myself waiting. When is that moment going to come? I'd have to take that that leap and say, you know something? I gotta jump in. And then, thank God. I can't control the timing, it's all got. But thank God we came in while the world thought the business is doing amazing. I was able to get the valuations and to raise the money I needed that largest seed round of $15 million oversubscribed seed round to start off. largest. I think was I think it was the largest prop tech, they tell me as, for a seed round. And because it's of a very
1: that, large seed round right? what was yeah. it 14 million?
0: I think it's fifteen. On or... Or... they said the, they wrote up there's was a the largest seed round for a prop tech. Wow. And um, so I was able to get in there. And where I couldn't, I uh, thank God I, I reopened at that time because, you know, I always felt that the next correction in real estate is when the brokerage business is going to change. I don't think brokers are leaving. I think that the big shops are in trouble, like the Uber effect. Uber didn't affect the drivers. They're doing better now, I think, than the drivers before, you know, because they make money on the way to the airport and on the way back. So they make a little less each way, but they're making net round trip, they're making more. On the other end of the spectrum, who do you call for? You call a car service driving company anymore? No. Very few car service driving companies exist anymore. You call Uber. You call Lyft. That's who you call. In this business, the, I think the brokers that are good are going to stick around. But they're going to stick around with boutique shops. Why should you work for some big shop and leave mu- big money on the table? If the shops are going to only charge you 25% to stay in the shop, they'll take, split 75, you'll stick around. Then the shops can't exist. So it's like a little bit of a... That's something co stars of the world. Like the biggest fear in our space is i called Co star, biggest data provider. The biggest fear of every broker, brokerage firm is what if Co started hiring brokers? And they stop selling the data to all the other brokers. They use the data internally for them and their brokers. It's lights out. So that's what I think is going to happen. I said, thank God I opened at the time I did. And priced and things we will discuss it soon, I, I, I'm sure. But really discussing is that we, opening at this time made it, it as amazing because when the world changes, people stop. They look around them and they say, why was I doing this till now? That was stupid of me. But they're in a rut. And a good rut. I'm making millions and millions of dollars flipping buildings. I should care how much I paid this lot. It's working. Don't rock the boat. But now the market's slow. Everything's on the table. And yeah,
1: I- it's a great, great timing for that. And like I've seen like disruption comes in waves for different industries. Like you mentioned Uber, that's a great example. Uh, another one is the travel booking industry. Totally. Uh, everyone used to use a travel agent. Now we use, you know, Google Travel. We use Kayak. We use, you know, whatever web, you know, pick your website <laughs> of choice. There's, you know, a bunch of them, booking.com. Uh, you, but you know, know the, but uh, you, Brian, you want to interesting.
0: So which travel agents still exist? You know, why they still exist. They exist. Well, some of them exist just for service, but with the chat GPT functionality, it's less and less. But you want to book right now a business class ticket to go from, you know, from New York to L.A., Last minute, that's a, I don't know, $2,000 ticket, last minute. I'm just using a number. That's gonna be more than that, I think. Okay, more than <laughs> bucks, but it's only 100,000 miles. So people sell miles at 1.3 cents. So there's a travel agent who buys it from someone else's miles at $1,300. Tells you, oh, I get you a ticket for $1,800 to LA. This guy's a genius. He made $600, you save, everyone's happy. They make their money on those types of deals. They also know, Different airports where to do things. So they have like, they know there's promotions different places. They're not going to see up online. They could book in bulk. There's certain things. So, but there's not enough for the same number of travel agents. Because for the most part, you're automating the process. So you're right. Every industry has its difference and slow, but that's the greatest thing, you know, to say with Chat GPT is like the adaption was so fast in the, in the nothing ever had this kind of adaption worldwide in every segment of industry and in every segment of business. So
1: yeah, it's that, interesting. All right. But the, the you know, the the consumer industries like retail, uh, travel, um, even like I had uh, Mike uh, uh, Peregrina, he's the CEO of, of homie.com. I had him on the podcast a few, like a month ago, and they're doing so, like, not exactly what you do, but in residential, they're basically disrupting the realtor model. So they do like, they have, you know, non-commissioned realtors that get paid a salary. They have the title transfer agency. They have the, the mortgage broker uh you know they have like the mortgage uh services they have you know they have like all these like relocation everything it's all packaged nice super sleek consumer app products they're bringing the cost down so if you want to sell a house with them i think i think he said it's like five thousand dollars flat fee for the brokerage so you're not getting dinged like three percent if you have a million dollar house you're not paying thirty thousand dollars to in you know broker fees to sell it so uh you know, that that's getting disrupted. But like these B2B, like these back end kind of B2B services, like lawyer services, accounting services, commercial brokerage. Another one is like investment banking. So, you know, when you're doing M&A, uh, that's still like a very uh, old school model. Correct,
0: but let's go back a second. I say about the lawyers and accountants, you think it is going to or not?
1: Uh, I think that, uh, the lower level stuff that we pay, you know, like if you go to a high-end law firm and get a, you know, like a paralegal, you're paying like six, $700 an hour for a paralegal. Who's not that far out of college. Uh, that stuff's going to get automated, I think. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, for instance, like, you know, if you're setting up a new company, you can go to, um, Stripe Atlas. Stripe is the payment processor. They have a service called Stripe Atlas. They give you a boilerplate mutually. Uh, beneficial, mutually worded operating agreement, uh, they give you the LLC in Delaware, and they basically give you for $500, like your business is set up, right. you, know, so- you go to a big law firm, that's like 510 grand to set up the right. business. So
0: I so well and you, you see it more than I see it in the world, I see these types of discussions within the subset of commercial real estate finance, where I think the world is going in that direction is that it's a matter of time before one law firm starts adapting and offering these prices. They go out and they upsell it to thousand dollars. That move is going to change. Like that, there's there's a step of adaptation that's going to take place. But I think the real thing that ChatGPT is changing is that if you know when I came to commercial real estate, who's the first person to who to try things new? The younger generation. But who controls the money? The over fifty, over sixty. So while they're not adapting to technology, it's a waste of time. But with GPT, and because of COVID forced everyone to be at remote and everyone learned how to, how to do things on, on their phone to transfer money, all these moves are causing, I think, that they're, everyone's adapting to it. So that top attorney is now actually starting to use ChatGPT himself
1: or herself. Well, I, I have a friend, so I'm not going to say the firm or the name, but I have a friend who's a partner at a pretty uh, highly reputed IP law firm. They deal with like big Fortune 50 clients in a specific niche. And uh, He's in his 40s. He's in his, I think, his mid-40s. And he's starting to use, uh, like, he's training his own models. He's been doing this for years. But he's training his own models to write patents and so to now,
0: argue patents. So now, so here's, here's what I think is going to happen. He was able to handle 10 patents a year, 12 patents, one a month. Because he's using ChatGPT, and imagine where it's going to be in six months from now, right? As we keep it involved, we discussing this, you know? If he starts using it, he can do 24. But his firm now gets 120 a year. They have 10 lawyers. So it's not replacing, it's gonna you know the lawyers using Chat GPT are gonna replace the lawyers not because the firm only needs five lawyers. They're gonna pick the best five, they can probably pay those five a little bit more. So you can be five happier lawyers. That's I think that's why I believe like I did this survey on LinkedIn, and I believe 40% of jobs are gone. I know you don't feel as strongly that high number, but I think it's gone because some of it's gone because of the low-level things. Some it's gone because using I won't to- debate that.
1: I, I won't debate the 40%. I, I don't know uh because I, I can see it going multiple ways, but I do think like it's gonna there's a lot of disruption that's gonna happen from all this. And it's like uh, you know, like this this patent example, uh you know, yes, I think in the short term there's gonna be like a window, maybe it's a year, maybe it's five years, I don't know, but where these firms can probably keep charging the same price they're charging right now but doing it like five times faster or 10 times faster with AI as an assistant. But eventually what's gonna happen is firms are gonna, it's gonna become more standardized to do it this way. And then there's gonna be pricing pressures that are gonna bring down the price of Correct. what it costs Correct. to do. It so as,
0: it. A, you know, as a tech company, that's our big debate. We do certain development in-house and sometimes we outsource depending on, we don't wanna maintain a 30 person development team. So we'll maintain a 20 or 10 or five. And then when we have spikes, we'll go outside. So you're always wondering, we know it takes 10 hours to program a certain type of code. So building us per hour times 10 hours. We wonder sometimes, are they using ChatGPT and doing it in two? That's what you're saying. Is at a certain point it's gonna be accepted, but they're gonna say, how many hours is it taking you to code it using ChatGPT? Charge for your labor. So you're right, in the beginning they're earning the fat of the difference, but I think it's gonna happen much faster. Because so so
1: I I I have a I have a development firm I think I told you this on the other call I have a a CureTech we are a software development firm and we are using GitHub Copilot we're building you know we've implemented LLMs for several clients now and we are actually using it as an efficiency measure and it's we're not like trying to fluff you know we us personally I'm speaking for my firm I can't speak for the industry but we're not trying to fluff hours and charge like what it maybe used to take us. And then, you know, but do it in less time. Uh, we do work a lot of times on a time and materials model, but uh, we're just getting better and faster. We're building, you know, better features faster. We're delivering for the customer faster. So be able to raise your
0: per hour price. You can raise your per hour. We price haven't done that yet. hours.
1: We haven't done that yet. Yeah, we've 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 just been using it as a competitive advantage to be faster and better than our competition so far, and it's worked really well. We're
0: winning more deals. But so you, but you, th- I'm asking your question, Brian. Do you think it's going to take? You said before, one to five years. You didn't say up to five years. Within the, every, the speed of everyone else doing it, like I find that once the bubble, you know, someone's told me that, you know, a, a lawyer once told me, you know, different than real estate, somebody gets to do a lawsuit, they fight, they win, they could, you know, this guy won some, lost some. Somebody gets somebody gets sued for a uh, an harassment case or something where the, where the reputation gets, you know, even if you win the case, like, oh, by the way, here's your reputation back it's over it's <laughs> so like once the bu- like once if once the bubble like now even look at tesla now it's time to lower the cost of the price of the car he knew he's gonna do that always so we're like saying his profits aren't as strong as he brings it down it's gonna be so much tougher no one's gonna care for that luxury car. Like i see the next generation you know looking to buy cars their first decision my son wanted a car he focused on the technology in the car first he says like i need this technology which car and the guy was like this is doesn't have this technology, and I don't care. I want this technology. They took the best car that was means that worked. That's gonna keep changing now. And it's slowly, but like that's the question on the iPhone. At what point? This is my big question. You're gonna to to answer this question for me. At what point does the iPhone change where they can't charge those kind of pricing anymore? Because no one cares about the iPhone or the Android. It's just a device that's connecting me to look, I'm on Zoom with you now, and I use clickup. And I use Slack, and you can use Microsoft Teams. I just need a vehicle to get me there. Like, at what point do these phones just drop to two hundred dollars? That's yeah. awesome. You
1: know? It's interesting. Um, Apple is—they're the, you know—they're the biggest market cap in the world. They're, I think I just looked at it the other day. They're two point six four trillion dollar market cap. Uh, I don't—I forget what their cash reserves are, but it's hundreds of billions of dollars sitting in cash, sprinkled all around the world for tax reasons. And uh they have a cult following man like they their their margins on their products are insane. They don't sell anywhere near the volume of other hardware companies like you know Android manufacturers and other hardware tech companies out there. their like unit volume is nowhere near some of those other big companies, <laughs> but their margins and their cult following is just insane yeah. I, I just I put the in club, the apple I, the, uh, world,
0: the world they have a now they have a world garden, but they have a world garden that people don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah we like need the wool you
1: know? dude i just bought the apple studio monitor for my desk and uh and i bought the the long thunderbolt 4 cable it was 300 dollars for the damn cable <laughs> yep, yep. but uh you know that's apple for you <laughs> yeah. that's, that's branding for you yeah so uh but yeah a- apple is uh i don't know they've i've had this conversation with a few people i was just on a text thread actually um with uh chris and sean uh chris carr and and sean Boyce, who were on the episode a few uh, episodes ago hit the three of us are on a text thread and we were literally talking about apple and how you know some of some of the other guys had like you know uh they were kind of like a little anti apple i would say where they're like yeah you know i can't believe that they're you know gouging like this and you know but i'm just i'm my my thought was like yeah it's crazy but uh you know, good for them if they can figure out how to do it and still have a loyal fan base that camps out in a tent to get the new iphone when it comes out you know that's yeah. uh pretty 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 impressive to me yeah. if i you know if i could build that business i would
0: yeah. <laughs> okay yeah i agree with that so,
1: so uh what's uh what's what's tell me about like uh commercial real estate in general or, or uh, actually let me back up do you guys deal more in commercial real estate or is it also like multifamily? Buildings, or what's so kind of so like your needs? The
0: word, the word, commercial real estate. Um, at the highest level, is everything but a one to four family home that you live in. If you two to four families that you rent, that's called Already commercial. So that's like a little like it's not here, not there. It's like that. You know, you know. It's where you, where are you at? But five units and above is for sure commercial, and everything else is commercial. The question is, and a one family living is for sure multifamily, is for sure residential. Everything else, what's the difference? That's why it's residential, it's multifamily, but it's, that's the owner-occupied multifamily. That's, that's the description. So we do everything but a home. If you're buying a home to live in, we don't do that. We do everything else. And um, that's our place. So just like, so I'll, I'll explain to you, to go off, then say so it will lead into the other question, make it easy to go there, is that what was really the problem that I was trying to solve? What was, what was bothering me? Um, you know, when I was brought up, um, as you could tell, well if someone's watching us as an Orthodox Jew so with the yarmulke So it's uh when I was brought up, they brought up the goal is if you could want to be able to, you have to do good and you also have to give charity. And you have to make money. You have to make money to be able to, you know, you have to live and you have to do good. You know, what you do with the money. So I always want to try to find you'll do both at the same time. Like can I get myself a job? that every day, like, imagine you work in a soup kitchen. It's a freaking amazing job. You're helping people all day, but you don't make enough money, right? You go work in some other company make big money somewhere, but you don't feel fulfilled in what you're doing. You know what I mean? I mean, people do um, um, MCA loans, merchant cash advance loans. They're making a killing, but they feel terrible every day. They feel like just help. They mess people up along the day, but they, they made their money that way. I always wanted to be in a situation where you do both at the same time. So when I was doing the mortgage brokerage business, for many years, I was, I was helping in two ends. I was helping owners who didn't have access to no banks. I was finding real value and as was charging for the value. Everything was great. And I was also training new people. My biggest friend is I hire people from scratch, and I'll train them from scratch. I'm doing things right now through our hiring throughout the web. G parents hiring? Hiring salespeople, remote. I'll train them. No non-competes. Learn the business from me and go off when you want to go off if you want. And we're... With that process, I felt great every day. Every minute,
1: I felt great. One, uh, just one quick uh, side tangent on that. I have a bunch of friends in the Philly region, uh, a few that stand out in general, that have started these like epic startups or even serial entrepreneurs that have started multiple epic startups. And if you go all the way back to the beginning, the first like 10 or 20 people they hired at their first company are all entrepreneurs. They're all out building other companies. And, and so it's that, like
0: that's why I take a lot of pride that I hired more people and train them in real estate than anybody else. Number one. And unlike where most people train to take advantage to make the money, I, I train people that are making tens of millions and have, have nine-figure net worths today. So that's why I take pride in it. So I look at it that, hey, I was able to get this person straight out of college, teach them how to make money. They made money and made the, told them to make God your partner and give back charity all the time. They went on wherever they went to. And on the other end of them, helping owners grow their business. So it's like, you can't get more fulfilled than that. It's three generations on all sides. But as time went on, I realized that the owners aren't getting the same value is a lot of owners are not getting help because of this structure. And it just, it wasn't like feeling the same right. And the world's gonna change. So what I opened up, and I realized this from an owner's perspective, this is a crazy phenomenon, phenomenon that an owner, they don't have anybody that has their back. They, they have a legal question. Yeah, loyal lawyer will answer the question because they wanna win the lo- legal business. But they have a great lawyer to answer the question, but maybe for, the, for actually, when it comes to run that deal, they should go to a different law firm, that's not right. This guy answered your question. So I have to, relationship-wise, go there. I have a real estate, I have a mortgage question. I said, something's off. I said, I want to build a firm, first membership-based, full-service commercial mortgage broker. Full-service means for me, a broker down to a piece of technology. You pay a membership fee, $5,000, and whatever I know, technology I have, I'll help you out again. You want me to actually do physical work for you? Spend time? My team should spend time? Pay for that at the market, approximate market cost. Like I tell people, you know, the crazy part of my business, but the brokerage business, you know, it's this part makes you know, you think Apple, at least I can understand why Apple could justify what they do. They explain why they're worth it and the risks they have to take to get there and the they, they, security features they have. But let me tell you my business. Brian would friendly now. Call me outside. and do me a favor. i a kid brother. He's buying his first building. I mentioned Philly in Philly. It's a vacant warehouse for a million bucks. He's going to buy it. He's going to fix it up. Rent it out. It's a good deal. But it doesn't have any credit or anything. Can you get him a loan? You're connected with all the banks. You know, I we were the top ten lenders, like twenty different lenders, twenty different shops. I focus on my average. I focus on volume. And most big shops that we're competing with, most of the shops competing with me, that in the top ten, there's only one that did more volume than me. I think in the top ten, everyone else did. Or two, everyone else did um, large, very large deals. They did the billion dollar deals, you know, that type of world. So, okay, fine. The fee is 1%. you, you drive me crazy. Okay, Brian, I'll do you a favor. I call up the three presidents of banks there. What's the and- normal fee for a broker? 1% is the ask. And that's obviously today it's negotiated down. No one gets 1%, three quarters, it keeps going down. And with downward pressure, now with Japan and other companies, even even faster downward pressure. But let's call it 1%. And the larger deal starts going down. What's interesting on the point? I mean, people say, "Oh, I pay a broker one percent for the first ten million. I do a deal of fifty million. I pay him less." I mean, other people don't know ten million dollars deals are paying less. It's like there's no there's no transparency in fees, so no one knows. So what happens is one percent. So I, I call a bank. and said, "Do me a favor, bank. You want my business? I give you business. Do me a favor. Lend Brian's brother the uh, eight hundred thousand. No problem. I'm trusting your word. He's not going to have a problem. Trust me." Sure enough. He closes. He's so happy. He said, I know the fee is 1%. I feel bad just telling my brother to give you 8 grand. Here, he sends you 10 grand. And you know something? I also sent you a bottle of wine. Go out to eat with your wife. and done. Right? That's what the conversation goes. Now let's flip the script. You know, I don't want to get on the political side, but until, you know, to me, I had a big problem. Because until Donald Trump was president and he wasn't political name, he was Donald Trump. So the example, I trained someone to close with Donald Trump. I trained someone who actually made the, 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 the connection with Ivanka and Jared. But since this, I go through the wrong circle. You mentioned his name. You can't mention the name as an example. <laughs> you know? But I used to use an example. It was an easy example. Imagine Donald Trump. That you know, what I mean, is the real he was the real estate name. So I'm I'm still trying to come up with that one name that everybody knows. I haven't found it yet. But
1: is you know, he is he really like the big? Is was he like the you know pre president? Was he like the big dog in New York he, real estate? Well,
0: there's a reason, right? Think about it. Why did he become president? How did he have the fa- fan following? Because he was did his real estate stuff. You know, what I mean, like he did all these things and he owned a lot of real estate. So what well, is you know, forget about the political side of things. So he was definitely a big real estate player. It's definitely a brand name. So in your backyard, most real estate players don't have, don't have a high profile where they walk around. So, but he did the both both sides of it at the same time. So we're not like there's one name. Like when you think of a big real estate owner, who do you think about? It? Who's the biggest real estate owner you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the He's industry saying, very well. But like yeah. Trump,
0: you knew ten years ago. Like, yeah, oh. sure. That, that's the example. is That's why he was able to get get to that White House.
1: He's the apple of com- commercial real estate, I guess.
0: Well, I don't know. <laughs> apple. Some, some people are gonna say I don't want to. Isn't that? That's why it gets political. I don't. You know. So, yeah, all right. so let's go to the example. This big real estate owner, let's call him Joe. Joe calls and says, I wrote this in here. I like you. You know something? My first real estate deal I bought in the city 50 years ago. I have a $12 million mortgage and it's worth $100 million. Place it for me. Every bank is calling me saying, I heard you controlling Joe's deal. You better bring it to me. It's a 12% loan to value. I want Joe as a client. And and I ultimately pick one lender. So, so i from pissing off a few lenders that one lender loves me. And meanwhile, you know what my fee is? 120,000. But it gets better. The night before closing, I get a phone call from Joe. He says, Ira, I just met with my, uh, my, my estate taxes and uh, my, my lawyer, and he tells me that I should really borrow 40 million. I said, Sean Brown, the bank would love it. It's Worth 100 million, 40 million is still, 40% loan to value. They close the next day, 40 million. How much more work did I do? Nothing. Actually, I got thank yous on both sides. My fee now is 400,000. In what planet does that make sense? There's no industry in the world like this. The closest to this, and that's the main mistake on the brokerage side, on the sale of brokerage homes, is selling homes. But there's one mistake. Well, there. I
1: would, I would, I would argue investment banking is very similar. No, no, uh, I'll tell you the no, no, no,
0: I'll tell the difference. I go investment banking is like home, but there's a difference. They created that vehicle that 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 buyer. Now over here. I'm taking a deal, going back to the same stable of. 13 lenders that love this type of specific property in this area. Creating competition amongst them I'm coming back to you. you can do this. To, and I know that the same rate you would have gotten if you call yourself. So, and meanwhile, in that transaction, Ruby Shrone, or John Doe, or Joe, or whoever you want to say, you know, they paid their attorney on that transaction on a refund 10 grand, 25 grand. That guy went to freaking law school. He has a degree. What did I do? Because in order to sell, God m- made me gracious in the guy's eyes to give me the connection. doesn't make sense. It never made sense. So when I came into the business, the real boutique big brokers just tell me, you know what a real broker does when someone has a problem? Okay, I understand that. When someone is getting four banks together to do a deal, they're putting mezzanine, equity, blending it in. Then you need someone like a consultant, and you're ready. It makes sense. But to refinance a deal to fanny mate, never made sense. And it was bothering me. I watch these fees and they get back in fees and crazy stuff happens. It was bothering me. That, not to bother me. It's not like this, I was upset. I was bothered. I was some of the person making the fees. Just, something was off. And I also knew because of this, there's going to come a point where it's going to explode. Meaning just people are just going to, that's why they keep calling out brokers. But there's a value you need a broker. So I said, you know something? Let me roll this new service. I'm going to go roll the service $5,000 a year. $5,000 a year. The reason why these people came into the business, invested, is when I was sitting down by one, you know, I don't know anything about, you know, you know, in, in this market, VC money. I'm not, I'm not space at all. I live in the world of NOI and that's it. I don't live in the world of, you know, what, 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 what multiplier and dilutions. And I don't live in that world. I get an unsolicited phone call one day from a, a VC that was supposed to invest in a competitor that officially branded themselves as a, a tech based mortgage company. And he was snubbed from that round. So right away, I went to ask advice. This is when I realized the business, I really had something that I didn't realize there's a segment of the world that really cares about what I have, the data that I have. And this person tells me, I want to put the money in. You have a structure, leave my old company because you can't build Netflix while you're a blockbuster. You can't be telling the world that you don't have to pay that much for a broker. you know. So we're going back and forth. And I had a friend of mine who's a, uh, a partner at, at a major accounting firm and deals with hedge funds. And he says, All right, let me introduce you. I said, can you introduce me to somebody? That lives in this space. Like, if I'm going to do it, I want to go public. What does it mean? Like, I want to, my, I, want, I have this big dream. I always knew, I just know details. I knew that I have a product that no one else has and I could take it to them and the move it to console. So he introduced me to somebody. He goes, But this guy only invests the last stage, doesn't invest the first stage. Come to this fancy office in New York City, bunch of people sitting around the table. He asked me a bunch of questions. And he turns to me in the middle. This is the light bulb moment, the watershed moment. He asked me, He says, The guy was going to give you, you can get up to 15 million potentially. I want in for half. It's like I guy never to sit around. They said, "What happened?" Tells me, "I don't Listen to me. I do investments my whole life. You're willing to risk your whole business, an insider coming outside. It's like Blockbuster opening Netflix on their own, not because the Netflix is there. I'm creating. I just heard this rumblings of maybe's. Are you willing to do it? So you're an this is even
1: more maker. extreme than Blockbuster creating Netflix, right? In that sense, because it's not going to hurt their fees. Like you know, you is.
0: this is. I'm educating you that you even need us. Anthony, right. Number one, number two, he says, I always believed that there's going to be a Bloomberg for commercial real estate, and I never understood why it doesn't exist. Now to assume it, and there is one company called Coast at, at that time like a fifty billion dollar valuation. Like, a, uh, uh and they go into they go into their home space, they're they're they dominate. Okay, he says, so you're coming in here, and I think I also think to myself, normally if I was doing an investment, they have hundred x multiple, it's all or none. It says, where else can I have a situation here? If worse comes to worse, it doesn't go as planned. There's something we missed. Worst comes to worse, you're a discount broker. I'll get my money back. You'll come write me checks to my great-grandchildren. But I won't lose. I never in my life that have And real estate. It doesn't make sense. And if you're controlling deals, there's other ancillary things that tied to it, and go from there. So I basically really, at the root is, I said, the problem is that no one has the owner's back, and no one is solving for the first mile. In retail of the world, you solve for the last mile. How do you get it from the, from the warehouse to the person's front door? The last mile. In real estate, it's the opposite. You wake up in the morning, Brian, you want to go into commercial real estate. What do you turn? What do you call? Oh, have a friend that tells you, to, no, Gparency. You become a member, equitable access. You pay $5,000 to Gparency for the next year. Whatever we know, I'm giving to you. I'll tell I have a whole slew of membership perks. The first membership perk is I'll raise you equity for free for limited partners. I'm providing a value people who want to invest in real estate. But on the list, when one of my clients want to raise money, I'll let you know about it and put you two together. The only company direct LP to GP. No commission, no middleman in the middle. I did a thing on LinkedIn. 85% of people would rather have, to have an option to invest directly through a platform. That makes the most sense. Go direct to the GP, number one. Number two, if you have a deal above $10 million that's going to agency or CMBS, I flipped the script. I got the lender to pay my fee. As a referral, since I only saw so as a referral fee, every other brokerage, full service broker, humans, no technology here, 11,000 up front or quarter point at closing, you pick your choice. Come and ask you, which one do you recommend? I said, neither. My next option, but of these two, pay 11 up front, deals Those Deals don't die. They might die at bank A, bring it to bank B. So that's the full brokerage. Next level, which I think is the most important one that I think people should buy if they think they need the human's help. What is I ask everyone, why do you use a broker? you know, the banks, they can package it, okay. My banking team for 4K will take your deal, shop it to the banks, bring you back a term sheet, and then you take over yourself to run it. I'll make the introduction, so that's all you need. You're a big shot, you need more than that. And if you want to go direct, you have a technology now. This is our proprietary technology, it doesn't exist anywhere. We have a technology now that you have every bank in America that ever made a loan, period. If they even finance on a loan, at least two loans they made in America, they're on that list. And that list is tens of thousands. With so that list, we have the top 3,000 most active with their profiles. Plus we do a lot of business. So you could type in Multifamily Texas and filter down tell you which bank ever lent them, Multifamily Texas, or which bank says they want to lend them, who the banker to call, call them direct if you want. Show my data, it's unlimited, it's part of membership, you got that unlimited. That We also have a cool feature that you could click on the bank and the United States, the map will light up which buildings they did. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, right. So yeah, that's, yeah. As we're talking now on this spot, it's coming in. By the time you release this, it should be out already. You know, I,
1: I love this story, man, because it's like this is exactly why I started this podcast, by the way, is to to like talk, hear stories like this. You, you know, you you're in an industry where uh, you, you could have just followed the model and gotten fat and happy on fees. Just got, you know, like everyone else getting drunk on fees and just doing like the old thing. But you're like, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, like you're you're using first principles thinking. So you're going all the way down to like why this like does this make sense? Like you're not just following the herd because it's what's done. Like you're going all the way down to like first principle thinking and you're figuring, you know, there's a way to do this 10 times better and 10 times cheaper. And, you know, I might in the short term lose money, but in the long term, I'm gonna change the rules of the game and uh, i' I'm, I'm speaking you know it, 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 for you here, but uh, like're you're, you're thinking like you're going to change the rules of the game and own a much larger piece Agrabba. of the industry.
0: I want to just finish one thing of uh, what we built, and I'll circle back, which'll hit on you. You'll love the next piece. The piece we built is we built commercial real estate uh, Google Maps for commercial real estate, which doesn't exist. Everyone still goes into Google Maps, so we made a deal with Google Maps. We got into the incubator program with Google. And we built Google Maps. The way you use it, overlaid by you could tap on any property in the country. It will tell you it's commercial property, ownership information, and and, and public data. Thirty five million records. Just tap it. You'll see the lot size, everything. there, number one, wow, two. That's live now. The yeah, the, the Google Maps part, the tapping on it again is. By the time this is, uh, what's it called? It's live. I'll, I'm going to put a link on this. We'll put a link to give it out. Now you can log in. It's 21 days free.
1: E- email me a link so we can put it in the
0: show notes. I will. But, I'm saying, but the oh, okay. dot, if you go to gparency.com now, it's 21 days. Try it for 21 days. But the map, 35 million public records, 1 million sale comps and finance comps, And um, and then we have 50,000 listings. The universe of commercial listings, about, according to Cosa is about 200,000. But we don't have it for the purpose of, oh, I need a new listing to buy. You could filter it. You, you, you could filter it have this camera that moves in and out automatically we got to like play with this a little bit. <laughs> so, technology, doesn't realize, you know, it follows you around. You know? So, but, and the other piece is we don't have, we have the 50,000 listings. So you could sort by it. My goal is not to be a listing site, but I'm integrating Waze technology. I get my updates from brokers calling me because I publicize for free. We have a team that goes out and checks it. Plus, as people use the site, this information is wrong. We'll give you more membership credits. If you tell me that a new listing was listed, the price change. So our information is not controlled by the brokers on behalf. I'm parency GP, General Partner, Transparency. So the goal is to tell you who the broker is.
1: Is that the you name? General yeah. Partner, Transparency? GP
0: and Transparency. That's where the name comes from. Oh, uh, uh, cool. Transparency. So I can tell you everything about the business. So the beauty of this, of this thing is that now you can see who the who the movers and shakers. The goal is not to go to Google Maps, type in address. Oh, building down the block is for sale. Who's the broker? Let me call them. Oh, which banks are active here? I'll tell you which banks are active here. It will tell you there's a calculator coming out, an acquisition calculator. It is it, about to be rolled out. We have currently the rates. All of this is at the 5000 And when you want my services, you can pay a la carte for the services, but you should never need the full brokerage services. It's like Netflix, right? In the beginning, they sold you the discs, but really, the, the plan is always streaming. Now, I just, that's my, that's, I realize the world, I'm a regular brokerage shop, human first. For the time you don't need me, you can do it yourself. You want to pay me less, use my data, do what you want. But I'll answer your thing you said before about, about the business, the, the, with another, turning point to me was earlier on. That's when I made the actual move to open here. In 2019 was my best year as a mortgage broker. We brokered $5 billion. at the greatest team assembled. My strength is everyone's homegrown. Almost everybody. I trained from scratch. That's my strength. These are people who had no college. Some had no college background. Some have a college background. Go to my high school dropout. If you know how to sell, I'll partner you up with the right person. That was my strength. And I'll work with each person until they be successful. I did $5 billion. This was the math, 40 million gross revenue. Of the 40 million, because I wanted to keep brokers, I knew the world was changing, I had to pay very high commissions, or else people go on their own. 25 million of the 40 went to the brokers. Meaning if I didn't do any deals, I had to live off to 15 before my overhead. I did deals as part of the twenty billion. Plus I could have made investments at times, things like that. But the business itself, if you were a partner in the business, this is what you're watching, 25 million goes to the brokers. 15 million goes to your crazy overhead. When you're doing these big deals. I wouldn't take you to lunch right now. I would take you now to a Dunkin' Donuts, but then oh, I'll take a high-end, fancy breakfast place because I can't be five billion. You understand? So the expenses are more. How the profit of the business was four million dollars?
1: got yeah, hundred employees on that that fifteen. Yeah, you know. but, the,
0: but a lot of them are brokers. I'm like this was crazy. Yeah, what does a
1: broker make in that industry? Like, what's an average total comp? My top
0: broker that year made six million dollars. Six million. Wow. Yeah. Some That's incredible. Mean, yeah, some guys I would say that it's hundreds of thousands is is the is the is the majority of the people. And then you have a few go up to a million. Obviously, the last years are crazy. People made like crazy obscene money the last couple of years. But now they're terrible. You always
1: have those like couple rock stars on right. a sales team. And then and then it's oh, like man. those are the ones that are they're like You're right. The, but there's a tail
0: of two cities now times two. Even within those big brokers now, right now, some of them doing nothing right now. Like right now is a terrible time for them because the transaction volume is down and a bigger hit on the bigger deals. Because a small deal, I come out of pocket, call you buddy, a $200 million deal, the math doesn't work, that deal doesn't work, you know? So, and a lot of them are very nervous. Like, well, in the heyday, I was closing deals. We closed a $60 million deal. We got $11,000 fee. We were being made fun of all over the press. You're crazy. You could have made $600,000, stupid broke. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I am thinking think to myself, today, I'm not making those jokes anymore. Because today, we're getting the volume like crazy. Our, our business right now is booming right now. So, but here's what happened. I got an offer. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing amazing, thank God, at that point. Tenth biggest firm, third in transactions. We're growing. I got a phone call to be offered to be bought. From a bank. Because they want my deal flow. You have to remember, if you, they want the $5 billion. You know They want me to steer more business in that direction. They were talking between 60 and $80 million. And I, but what comes with the deal? I'm at elevator assets. All the people work for me have to walk, come join me. So I go to my top or, Okay, you want to stick around? You know, it's, it's better than yesterday. The same business. Plus, we had the balance sheet of that bank. Was, how much are you getting paid? I have to stick around for five years. I'll take eight million. I'll take six million. I'll take two million. But I was, I, I was left with the lunch money. That was my problem. One, number yeah. one, number two. And I realized you're not even worth what you're making. Like, you, they know it also, but like, you're selling based on this worth. So it's all together and the same thing together. It's honest, but it's and I was also thinking if I want to retire, I want to give the business up to my son, my daughter. If you don't like my son or daughter, you don't care that you like me. You're not using them. So there's yeah. no we'll thing give you over.
1: You're you're held captive to your to your top sales performers. So let me tell you what I did at
0: that moment. That was my final moment that I'm making a decision. I don't it's like a, it's like every investment. Would you lose money for three years to make it back up and five? Of course, everyone would. I said, this is it. Like one year, I changed my commission structure a couple of years earlier. I went from 50% to 75 Of course, no brokers were complaining that day, but my production went through the roof because the brokers then knew that we have for life. At 50%, they might one day leave. When I made this decision, I realized it's crazy. I said to myself, I closed deals and worked on deals for 8,000 unique clients. The say, how do you come up with your pricing? You know, I took 40 million divided by thousand. five. It's $5,000. And I said, can I actually be profitable? Can I make it run at $5,000? I know no one else could be more efficient than I can be. I'm using technology, using different things behind the scenes. I said, if I got a $40 million those days, I built a marketplace and $40 million in revenue, 8,000 clients and banks all attached to each other, you're getting a 30x valuation. I say, you know something? And I could take the $40 million, hire the greatest in each part of the country to help clients. My whole step, I could do mortgages for free. My cost max would be 20 million. And I said, let's say I didn't get the whole the half. That's why that, I realized when I'm gonna open the business, I'm gonna steer my, and slowly, slowly I started staring my Eastern Union in that direction, to have two, uh, two different brands. And then this came along and I went through. But you look at the money that to me it wasn't, it's like it feels like you risked all the money. Hey, there's a cliff coming. When my top brokers left in like 2020, beginning of COVID, I told them I'm making a few shifts in pricing and things. They left, thought I was nuts. The smartest guy told me the way, out. he goes, "I know you're right. I can milk the world for three more years, two more years. Milk it." <laughs> I said to myself, "I'm not looking to milk the world for two more years."
1: Well, that's what I said earlier. You, you, you know, when we were talking about the, um, the the IP law thing. Like, yeah, like you can probably milk it for a little bit, but it's it, the disruption is already starting. So, now, so
0: but but, here, but here's the. But let me tell you what the evolution I think, and tell me if you agree with this. The lawyer in the big firm. When he first heard there's another firm charging 500 he never played with ChatGPT, it's not possible you're getting the same thing I gave you to 500. And it's true. He's always honestly taking from his client money, knowing he's delivering a good product and you're buying scams somewhere else. But then there's a point where he actually checked out himself and he matched it. He asked ChatGPT to write it for himself from a client and he did it. And not only was it roughly the same, but he took ideas in the ChatGPT one and he put it into his. That moment, I think he became dishonorable. Because at that moment and he t- if he didn't tell him on chat you he'd cheaper but if he didn't tell someone, him you think you're getting the same value over there impossible that moment and that's why I think it's moved faster because there's a lawyer there's whistleblowers right there's a whistleblower in every office so what I think also is going to happen is what separates you from someone better than you and worse than you it's certain that amount of experience I have that's the interpersonal like there's gonna be a lot of businesses opening up where you have to do things experience that you always need people for it. like the things like, but I, I think I, it's so
1: to go back to that point, I think it's a badge of honor these days to be different. Like, you know, you don't want to try to like hide it and say, oh, we're doing it the old way with humans. And, but like you're secretly using great tech point. In the background. By the way,
0: none of that I just launched the website because I'm helping signature bank owners buy back their notes. Right. With the crazy is the first time I actually used ChatGPT in like real detail.
1: Talk about that more. I, I want to like, so yeah, for the so listeners, I, if you don't, so well, uh. All right. One sec, Ira. So for the listeners, if you don't know, uh, everyone hears in the headlines, Silicon Valley Bank was a big collapse, uh, you know, about a month ago. Uh, signature Bank out of New York, which was heavily leveraged in crypto, I believe, uh, you know, holding There's more real estate.
0: They're already adequate.
1: more real estate. OK. Mm-hmm. But they they were also they were they were in the same week. That they had a collapse alongside Silicon Valley Bank. So tell tell the story. I want to hear yeah. more about that.
0: So it's a, they call it the run on the bank and they blame it on social on the smartphone. Because you can move your money very quickly you know All right yeah uh, so basically FGSE took over the assets and there's a question to they can sell the assets and the the, the the it's a big issue right now because if they if they they sell it at if they buy if they sell it to someone at 40 off so it means there's like billions there's tens of billions of dollars let's call it 10 billion dollars they sell it for six billion then that person just around the street selling paper for six billion at a big discount a 30 percent discount to seven billion that means everyone's real estate really worth less. So me, it's like it's like one side deal, guys who needs money, he sells for cheap. And this is crazy stuff. So I realized something's crazy. So now I'll pause the conversation. I'll talk what I did to ChatGPT. I went on to ChatGPT and this is what I, this is what I told it. I said, FDIC just closed down Signature Bank. They took the assets. They're going to sell it. And what's happening is, is that people are going to try to buy it at a big discount and milk the current owners and try to sell it back to them and keep the VIG in the middle. What I want to do is g I represent the best interest of the GP. I want to go, using my same model, $11,000 a deal, not partnership or anything. I want to tell owners, if you, I secured financing to help owners buy their notes back. If you're an owner and you're willing to spend 20, buy your note back with 20% discount, you can afford it. Some deals don't even make sense, they're on the water. But you have a $10 million loan. If you're willing to buy the 20% discount and you have to put down. So that deal, you have $2 million. I secured $6 million. I secured secured billions of it. But that, I secured it. And right now, just fill your name out, what loans you have. And I said, I don't know. And I did a podcast. I said, I don't know what it's going to be. But I want to be positioned that if the FDIC changes policy to sell to owners, direct, I could say, call me, because I already have it all worked out. So one flood swoop. Or whomever does buy it. Whichever big firm buys those notes, they're going to try to unload it. Not only on my one phone call, but I'm not going to milk them for part of the profits. I'm going to represent the interest of all the owners in one fell swoop. Get a little stupid fee. That's the way I'm talking to you right now on this call, on this on this podcast. is exactly what I told ChatGPT. Please draft my landing page. The <laughs> landing page: gparency.com forward slash twenty twenty. All the text came from it, and we asked it back and forth, different tweaks.
1: Forward slash twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, because for twenty the the twenty twenty is for twenty percent discount twenty percent, um um twenty percent discount and twenty percent you put up. I'm going so, to it right now. Gparency,
1: uh dot com forward slash twenty twenty. It's live.
0: Yeah, yeah go ahead. It's live. There's a form there. Nothing fancy in the form. But I tell people my LinkedIn. Like we had another question that yeah, I asked it for advice. I guess I guess we had a debate. Should I be go as the members only brokerage, or membership based brokerage? This is a debate internally. I you
1: debated what? with uh. You debated that with Chat GPT. No, so first right? we had it internally.
0: And and people were strong in opinions. I asked it to Chat GPT. And ChatGPT. See this? Chat. And then I put I did I did a lot uh, uh uh what's it called? So chat GPT wrote hundred percent of this page? hundred percent of this page. You didn't and edit
1: I, any of it after Oh, yeah, we edited through Chat GPT. Okay. <laughs> <we told> <laughs> awesome. I think I you change
0: the headline to say they came up with the word alliance, joined the Japanese Alliance as them. Wow. It's crazy. The text is all them. No, the graphic's not them. And then I did a LinkedIn Live. That's the YouTube video there. And it even it even gave me bullet points. Like I had something in front of me. Signature
1: so, bank loans are being sold to the FDIC at a discounted price. Outsiders are seizing this opportunity to profit at your expense. Let us help you.
0: Man, and the whole rest of it, look at this. It's all done. Wow. This is really, man, so, I love this. This is awesome. If you go to my LinkedIn a couple of days ago i put up i asked this question to chat gpt with my head of marketing and it wrote back a reason you should go membership based because members only means like oh it's a little cocky standoffish and it's members only you might think you can't get it so keep keep scrolling membership based means oh yeah i could use you it's open to anyone as long as you pay membership it's crazy it knows everything i saw a tiktok yesterday someone tells me a tiktok on on chat gpt they write a newest prompt, you should ask ChatGPT, what do you need from me to help you do a better job? So it's crazy. It's, that's why people say, what's job? Some kids in school today. First, I think I used to be a big fan of education. Huge fan of education. I don't think unless you're becoming a doctor where you need the licensing, I don't think you need to go to college. I'm with you, I, yeah. I, I think even high school education is over. Because when you need something, chat GPT, and it's just getting better as time goes on. To learn how to use ChatGPT, how to ask you the prompts. So now what's a good example? I'm not a good graphics guy, let's say. But I could use ChatGPT to oversee my graphics. So what I'm finding is, and going back to the legal, one of the investors that came into us, came in them before ChatGPT came in and said, Ira, let me tell you what's crazy about this business. I'm not crazy. And, and my, I hope there's a listener out here that has this business and we do something together here. That it makes no sense that when you're buying a building and you just call up your attorney, you start from scratch. Why can't we get into a room the 100 most active current. And I have the connections there, he says. And my investor bases that. By the way, I didn't take venture capital money. Until the end of the movie, the venture capital went very fast. I said, you know, I have people who who backed me all these years. You met me 48 hours ago. You want to give me this big money. I have to offer it to people who help me get here. He goes, okay, we'll carve out 10 slots for $250 each. Okay? I called the first person. I remember it's like on the phone. I said, if I rolled out a product for $5,000. This is the service. There's a million owners in America. Okay. And your brother calls you up and your brother tells you, I did, a, I did a public capital raise. So on Japansee forward slash invest, you can watch my presentation. And I basically said, if you had a million, if you had a brother called you and said, I'm going to work for IRA, told me his business model. It's not even launched yet. Again, I just on spec, right? Now it's launched. You can see my vision. It says, it's on spec. I tell him, could you, um, um, how many would, of the 100 would your brother sell in the first year? Goes to commercial real estate owners. He goes, everybody. Who wouldn't? They got to be crazy not to. Like Jeff Bezos says, got to be—it's irresponsible to be a homeowner in America and not and not have Amazon Prime. How could you not have? Other people's only twenty-five percent. I said, let me tell you something. Has have he you, actually said that? That's his line. It's a great line, huh? That is a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a great line. That's what I feel. I feel if you don't use my service, like, but I guarantee you, you'll be able to take intel from me to better any deal you're doing over the course of a year by five grand. So he tells me, almost everybody. I said, do you believe that? You should want to invest everything in my business. That's what this guy's investing. Because it's a million owners. Times 5,000 is 5 billion in recurring revenue. Forget about the fact I'll do ancillary things and I can do dashboards. I'm building an LP dashboard for them and GPs could convert. Like a lot of different steps. Like every 1% is 10,000 to my $50 million number. Like I, I'm opening up a business that if I'm 99% wrong, I know it's like I'm not the right thing. Like if I get a fraction of 1%, I think I'm getting 10%. God will decide. But I'm doing every move to get 10%, then go public. An exit of 500 million exit. That's my plan. That's my f- f- 500 million revenue at a 10 billion exit. That's my plan. And I want to donate 80% of my money to charity and in my lifetime give it out, not some trust to my great grandchildren. That's my goal. That's my drive. People say, "How are getting older? How do you drive like this?" Because I want to change the world of technology. I have different ideas and moves to technology. I'm, my big thing is I want to work out a loan, you know, loans for members of the clergy. That's my big idea. You have money sitting in a, in a, in a trust fund. It's, this, you, have, you, have, you have your priest, your rabbi. This, they, they have a mortgage at five percent. They don't have any life savings. I want to create a vehicle who can lend them money legally at one percent. They'll save ten years of the payments. It's secured by a first position. Help them. That's my goal. Like, I want to use technology to help. That's my my charity thing. So these guys, everyone was telling me ten percent, twenty percent, fifty percent. I realized everyone wants to start investing. I said, oh my gosh, what? Call the VC back. They thought it was nuts. I said, listen. Here, if I got this far. I went to in 48 hours, I could raise the money. We ended up being oversubscribed at 100. 100- is this the
1: first time you raised
0: money? Yeah. 150 of the wealthiest, most successful real estate owners, attorneys, banks, you name it. I have someone for my venture capital funds, the the the, the owners of them, because like the largest check is 250. I went from 25,000 to 250. I have a billionaire in there who says, I don't care if I put only 25,000. I just want to know the next round. My, I have rights in for the next round. So in middle of like finishing up this, we had a second round, like a very small round that's basically done. My next big round is going to be the big $50 million round where I'm in, in, to, to, to scale it. Once I figure out a few more things down the last course of acquisition, getting chat GPT. Can, can you imagine asking in real estate, what's t- the cap rate? To, and I have, the, I have the data just put into those. So that's where we're going to. So to me, it was like, it became like a note, like that's how I raise the money. So I raise the money this way. is like, this is my this is my client base. So people said, no, you need a big VC named. I'm I don't know. I need right now as many people can help me get this business off the ground. If this thing flops, it's less likely to flop with 150 reels estate players as partners. Have to take so. so I was
1: that- telling you on the call the other day, uh, so my my firm, Cura Tech, we're doing a lot of this right now. We're like working with clients to figure out how to implement AI in their tech stack or in their product or within their business. All right, And Behind it's like, scenes. it's it's. <laughs> every single time so we're not just going and like using buzzwords like we're actually coming up with practical use cases and presenting them to clients and every single one we've done so far has turned into a really serious conversation if not an engagement to implement
0: it and it's Uh, just um, by the way i'm i'm sure the beauty that i have is that everyone is playing for the second mile once you already have a deal like co-star great company data so some of the are you competing a coaster no you come to my map and you realize you want to go on to buy this building. Now you, you got the beginning feeling, you got your feelers around. Now you want more detailed depth. You should call CoStar because they have the best data in that area. You want something else? There's Octobie or something else. There's, there's a LoopNet or, or that There's a bunch of different companies. Rihanna, I mean, there's other data providers that will help you. I want to be the first mall. Come here's your first mall. Also, here's a cool feature. You give me a scheduled real estate. It's public data anyway, but if you gave me a scheduled real estate, you link it to it. I'll be able to send you a notification. If something comes for sale, closes, or anything within it, your zip code, so you're driving home, you get a notification from your parents. Hey, by the way, building down the box twenty for sale. No one knows it because most of the other sites you go in there to search, they're not they're not storing your. Because you want to get LoopNet, right? It, LoopNet's the big one. Yeah, LoopNet. It's owned by CoStar. So, it's okay. like okay? so LoopNet's owned by CoStar. So you go to LoopNet, the big listing company.
1: But so it, cool. the, like you go on the website, and they're the, like, just the digital experience to me is like very 2006.
0: Because they they have no competition, they they sue all the competitors. Mike, people are like, oh, you not nervous <laughs> about getting sued? You know what I did not to get sued by these guys? They go after the pictures. I'm Google Maps. don't right. Like the only data I have on a property is who the broker is, and the price. Everything else is public data.
1: Oh man, so they have one of those vulture law teams. I don't want to make a comment. Oh,
0: Google loop the Google Co-star litigation, and it's crazy. That's this, that's their that their, their, their play. So over here, people are sick of them. So there are companies out there that actually stood up to them, like a, 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 a leasing company, crowdsourced. And my goal is all these places together. So the, one, the uniqueness is I'm working for the owner. These are the companies working themselves. They charge data and they, whatever they charge. Since I'm, I'm helping you, I'm doing, don't I'm doing your mortgage for you, right? I have your scheduled real estate. And if we're already doing your mortgage, we're going to log in see your whole real estate portfolio. I'm building a dashboard now. It's time to build it right now. It's going to be for free. Mm-hmm for limited partners, right? Limited partners have eight investments, 20 investments, 200 investments. Where's this, where do they keep track of their investments? Nowhere. How many of them have a dashboard? And they go off to keep track, they can plug in as they got returns, get a great report in. Why is it that? What's the value to everyone here? Because it's in the GP's interest. Because if I have a database of 100,000 LPs on the database, you wanna raise money? I know 2,600 of them might be interested in your deal. That's really cool. So is that going to be like
1: you know how Zillow has like the the Zestimate or whatever it's called, where they estimate how much the property is worth currently, even though it's not like for sale? So you don't know. The, the answer is yes
0: and no because let me tell you one thing: why there's a lot of reasons why people thought they could they could know Zillow and they go into commercial real estate. For you, for a, a, let's go for a bank. For a bank to lend Brian money, they only need two pieces of information to lend you money: how much do you make, and what's your credit score. Then on the building, what's the appraisal? Now in a neighborhood, what's appraisal based on? There's a neighborhood price comps in the neighborhood. There's not that much mo- can make a difference. Not commercial real estate. The same exact building, if it has one tenant in it, that's a Fortune 500 com- company, or one tenant that's a mom and pop company. If it has five tenants, if the lease is rolled in two years, there's so many moving parts mm, that make So it's like the, the cash end. flow engine of of the but building that's, is that's more. why real estate when it went institutional. It came up with one word. What is the NOI, net operating income? And there's an accepted practice of how you underwrite a deal. And based on that number, you apply cap rate. So that's pretty generic. This area cap rates are 6%. But figuring out the NOI is the issue. How do you get to the NOI issue? So this is where everyone's trying to tackle the not of data. So there's no one shop. You think about these big real estate companies, they don't work on thousands and thousands of deals, right? I believe the number one shop in America closed commercial. Thirty six hundred deal. I think number one is probably Marcus and Milcher. and
1: number thirty six hundred deals in a year.
0: That's it. Five. That's it. But oh, by the way, and that's it. See, commercial real estate is that's, so. That's
1: vintage. like a that's a pretty decent size number, but like for the largest shop in the country, that's my point. that seems small. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: my point because it's so fragmented commercial real estate. Because it, it boils down to you ask me a question. What
1: but what about it? uh, what, what about like uh, what what's the big one? Uh, it's like the four letters. They have the green logo. What am I thinking of? Um. They do like tenant uh tenant negotiations or something. That could be be leasing. That's leasing. I'm thinking of uh Cressa. There's um you know there's
0: yeah, but they're not no no they're they're not a league in that in that league. But I I think that the, the the piece that's really it boils down to the other way around. How much money do you think in your mind someone that's making how much money is rich and should start enjoying life? If they make how much a year, what's that number?
1: How much how much money is rich? Yeah. It's
0: like uh, if they're making that a year, they just not enjoying life. What's that number?
1: And like they, they should
0: retire for life? Not retire. Keep- no, no, that they shouldn't have to try to grow like uh, someone's goal is to make how much money a year. Someone's oh, I see what you're saying. So like at what be, point
1: did be- you just be happy and just chill, kind of okay. thing. And you could just um, to
0: control your day. You work it Depends on
1: where you live. I mean, I think like if you live in Manhattan, it I don't might care be. The, what number? Go the high number. What's the number? Uh yeah. I mean, if you're in Manhattan or like San Francisco, I mean it could easily be like 500,
0: 750,000. Now listen to me. Ready for this? This is where the industry is fragmented. Someone to make a million dollars as a mortgage broker, okay? If he has to split the deals with the house, he has to do $200 million worth of deals, get paid a point, there's $2 and he gets half, he gets a million bucks. One deal. $200 deal, or $10, $20 million deals, or however you want to break it up. Okay. Now, someone who's that good probably also has has clients that are buying all the time, he has great investment opportunities. He invests with his clients. There's also tax benefits how he does it with his clients that way. So most people don't wanna be this big, and understand that's the issue. So most people at that point, like I'm making a million dollars, I'm investing 300,000 of it back into real estate, the greatest deals, because I know the clients that did the financing, and I got a better preferred than I also invest in the deals. That's why there's no big monster shop, because as it grows that big, why should we be part of the shop? I think the markets and Millichap are having a tough time this next market because why am I sticking around? Because I could use LinkedIn. I could sign up to g sign up to CoStar. So CoStar charges a fortune for the data. But the CoStar charges for one seat, depending on who you are. One seat could be, if you're a brokers, be like $15,000 a year. Wow. I think their cheapest product. And I you're going to
1: you're crush this industry. I, I can already tell that you're going to totally I, shake I tell people,
0: up. I tell all the investors, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But I can tell you one thing. If it doesn't happen, it's only to be for one reason, God decided. You're not going to point to any one thing I did and say, I should have done it like that.
1: I'm rooting for you. I, 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 think, I, think, uh, I, I think you're onto something here, yeah.
0: really. You know, it's easier to have this conversation a little bit now when we see this market. Like in January, we brought in 33 deals to work on. In February of 60, then 90, we're at five a day. We stopped at Passover, like the whole market shut and back up. Thank God I put like a post on LinkedIn yesterday to tell everyone, but I was all depressed. They said, I track early indication when people send new submissions. It's up. So that means the machine's turn it back on.
1: What, what percentage is like office buildings versus like multi-unit residentials? So just, and... think,
0: just, just think about it. Look out. Look outside. So look in your neighborhood, right? Half of all deals are multifamily probably in the country. It's in general, so everything's the same, right? And office buildings. And also, you know, so, so, so that's what I'm saying is that in the real estate space, there's a whole company that's making money now millions just doing workouts. So it's very fragmented. I want to be, come to me first. And I'll tell you where to go. That's my whole plan. So, my goal is can I get a, I just can't like, and you know, it's like I tell people I never, it's, you, know, you talk about the, the Netflix story, right? And you watch the um, um, Facebook story. They never believed in building a $10 billion, $100 billion business. They were like at one point willing to sell out. They never had the, the, the scary part is that I believe, and so far I haven't shown any sign logically that this can't be a $10 to $100 billion exit. But then I said, no, 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 I don't to do that before. so it can't be. But like why not like the whole thing is like crazy, so it's like it's like a little scary for me everything. I walk through this thing I don't and- doubt
1: you i I, I think that's no, uh, but uh, possibly. As as this, what do you do if
0: Costar offers you tomorrow morning a billion dollars you selling? Like, I have no idea I don't know I've I, I never attempted at five hundred million I don't know that's the so I tell people you investor
1: that's, that's that's a personal uh decision like do you do you, uh, and I, I think a lot of founders struggle with this. Like if, if you had that offer, that's a real dilemma because like, do you want to go and like just have a really awesome, like chill rest of your life and have a lot of money to give and a lot of, you know, uh, money well, to pass it, down so to family
0: and charity? The answer is I'm going to end up consulting with the group, obviously. But I told most people in my mind, I think I could get to for sure that 40 million in gross revenue, right? The 8,000 people. If they would offer me tomorrow morning, money at what i'd be worth at 40 million gross revenue i'd be hard pressed then that basically the things i i'm confident based on my history i could do why not sell out to them today don't feel us i do things with the money when i make it also my, my world and end right maybe they, they want me to stay with them on but if they're going to tell me let's say at 40 they can say no we'll buy you at, as if your revenue is 20 million and I, in my mind I'd, I'd be very hard pressed to argue i would and by the way even someone someone i mean could, you're
1: you're you're on the you're on the path though to uh to really reshape one of the largest industries in the world. Uh, I don't know if it's its probably, you know, top 10, I'd say, largest industries in the world. Yeah, for sure. uh, you're on the path to reshape that and rewrite the rules. So it's like, you know, it's a certain kind of person, like somebody, you know, a Jeff Bezos.
0: I say it's not really rewriting the rules. It's just because if someone's going to want that boutique top broker, they're still going to use them for those deals sometimes. But for the run-of-the-mill deal, about the 80% that don't use brokers, I can help them. The 20% brokers that paper pushers, bills are gone. But the Yeah, rest...
1: but like back to the travel agents. I mean, yeah, for sure. Travel agents used to be the standard for booking because it was so complicated to book. But now it's so easy. And travel agents are the exception. It's for people. For, for wealthy people who don't want to have to deal with like calling the airline or dealing with like itinerary
0: Changes from broker to human. I'm switching it. You don't need a broker as an exception. A human is going to be the norm. That, so you, you'll pay the human by the time. I tell people now, four thousand on this phone call sounds so cheap, right? But soon it's going to be expensive. I say, all right, come on, You're calling twenty-five banks to charge me four freaking thousand dollars. What the hell is you guys doing? That's what's going to happen. You know, so I think that's. But again, my dad, my background is my dad was the most famous Orthodox Jew in the world. Any Orthodox Jew listening to this podcast I knew my dad. He he passed away six years ago. He opened the company Art Scroll. It translated all the Jewish books into English is any anyone in the world knows him. He revolutionized that. That's my thing. Like, can,
1: you, I, uh, can you say his name so we can put the link in the show notes? Mayor, M-E-I-R, it, same last
0: name. And the name of the company is called Art Scroll. So someone needs to get a Talmud to translate English, a Bible, all these things. It's all about the prayer books and the Orthodox worldwide. There's no one ever heard of this company, period, all over the world. So it's all about the revolutions. My dad taught me and that... When you build a company, he said two things on the product side. He gave him a lot of advice in other areas, but in the product side, he said try to build a product that there's no part of the product you could do better. There's nothing that I'm delivering to the street today. My co-founder is is um, is Ben Schweitzer. He was a he was a Freddie Mac ran product. My my partner is bra koishi Was is uh, from, the, from the Marine Corps and um, and and KeyBank. He's a CTO. There's no thing that we know we can make this product better above the hood, under the hood, use case, everything that we're not doing, number one. Number two, what's the cheapest you could deliver for for and still be profitable and provide that service? The price point we have is that. So tomorrow morning someone says, oh, tomorrow morning this guy's going to compete with you. No problem. First, I want a few people to compete because my goal is 10% market share. There's 90% out there. But even if not, it's the type, for 5000 the barrier of entry is nothing for real estate player. Think about it. He's paying CoStar 15000 a year. You could afford to pay me and CoStar and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime for these types of pricing. So that's where the play really is of where this business goes to. We plan to be like the app store. If I'm the first mile, if the owner's using me as a dashboard, he's going to call us and say, I need my property management numbers. i got to get an API from all the management softwares and link it in. I'm mean, a video cameras. Well, different- you
1: said something earlier about like the charging $4,000 and calling 25 banks. You know, eventually, like just in my head, when you said that, I, my gear started turning and I'm thinking, all right, well, eventually, if this thing scales up to kind of like the numbers we're talking about, you're going to basically have the leverage on the banks. So, like, you'll basically build the centralized platform that the banks come so in. and maybe. Very, I'll
0: tell you a very interesting thing. The answer to that really is going to be no. I'll tell you why. It's not so much the leverage because credit, especially that regulation, is controlling origination. That's really what changed the game. I should have mentioned it before. What changed the game is in the 2009 credit, stopped start having more power. So it used to be, I walk into a bank and you know I compete with a major company to, to just be named, not, not to name them now. They used to go to owners, they get the best rates. I said, why do they get the best? I don't want to shop you. They get the best rates. I love them. So I'm just curious. Why do you think they get the best rates? This is the best analogy. Do you know how you get the best rates? Because you do so much business, right? So they walk into the banker. Let's say Brian, you're the banker. And say, hey, Brian, I have, what's your rate today? 5%? I have a big stack here. I have these four little deals over here. I need 4% on this one, no prepay on this one. This fa- favorite, no prepayment penalty here. I go to 90% leverage on this one. You look at the whole list, credit wise, no problem. Done. That's what they think signature bank is a relationship bank, right? They do things for relationships. So you're right. I said, but Mr. Big Client, you know where you, you know which deals on the four, which on the big pile? You're on the big pile. You got the bait for the four. You know what's on the four? The four deals competing against your parents. Because he has the, he has competition. So you have to get something better than the market. So that was, that's the world. So Japan, the, the, the credit departments now are in control. This is my rates, I don't care if, if you bring me this big pile. These four deals I'm not doing, take them all back. There's no pressure for credit. There's a whole different dynamic. I think banks are gonna merge. I think that what Apple just did, rolled out a, a four and a quarter savings account. Like if Apple, talk about the World garden. If Apple tomorrow came out to, to you and said, hey, there's no FDIC insurance by me. You leave your money by me, pay 4% interest, and one percent back on Apple products, but no FDIC. You trust Apple more than you trust the U.S. government. They can take every, they could sweep every bank account in the whole country. Anyone under the age of 25 for sure. So the world is going to change. Have we go to banks? Have we use banks? What's going to happen? So that that dynamic also you have to take into account. My dad was ahead of the curve in technology. He was by he was by trade as an artist, and people used to send by a fax machine. He had a fax machine, but the other people didn't have. It, so it didn't really help. They're giving you two sides to the to the market. So when I watch the world changing, like, so you talk about the 25 to, it's like, I, you, I want to go back to your AI statement before, important, which I realized. And again, I'm watching great things happening in the marketplace, changing every segment is slowly accepting technology. There's no, like, one putting it together. Like, when that, we said before, we went off a tangent, but the lawyer, created all the lawyer docs together. So I'll put the lawyers together, come with one loan docs, that they all purchase agreements, that they all agree to. This is the standard language we should use. And we have to negotiate a carve-out for a reserve this is the language we use. So it should start with this is the template, and these are the 100 modifications. So when you start with a deal, You your secretary starts the document, then you hire an attorney, just do the, any modifications at this point on. Don't start 100 hours before you get to a low. Start at zero hours or five hours to get to a low, and then you start. Where's the AI in underwriting? Every bank, this is what I'm trying to play for. This is what I was debating. I bring it up here. I say, you know something, if I'm transparent, let's be freaking transparent. So let's put it out there. Every single owner, has a method of how they underwrite the deal. Assumptions. When I buy this neighbor, I use this cap rate. I always assume a 5% vacancy.
1: When you say every I, owner, you mean every bank? Every uh, owner. No,
0: no, no. Every GP. Every buyer every real estate. Okay, yeah. It has, has an assumption of how they underwrite a deal. I always put them. I don't care if the vacancy is zero vacancy. I put 5%. I put a management fee of this. I put a minimum of this. Every lender underwrites deals the same way also. They have, a, they have a minimum underwriting on every single line item what they do. So across the board, everybody has information. What makes a good mortgage broker? What makes a good mortgage broker? In his area of banks he knows, he looks at a deal and says, I know that the best proceeds are coming from bank number one. Because he just knows how they underwrite a deal. He just knows it intuitively. He also knows a good real estate broker. This building is perfect for Brian because I know the way Brian looks at real estate, he's perfect for this. Part of the perfect is an intuitive intuitiveness, okay? And you can't teach that intuitiveness to somebody. ChatGPT is not gonna get that intuitiveness. However, my model that I'm building, and I'm storing the data. We're the only firm, out of all these firms, ever mentioned do more business on us. Essentially, the banking department. All the deals get set up and processed through the banking department. So therefore, we are starting now, and on my map, it shows on my map which banks do you want to go to. I'll we'll give you a list of the banks, who are the banks to talk to. But where the next thing we're doing is we're getting from the banks. We're going to store. They give it to us. We're going to store by each bank their underwriting profile, each property type. We can have each buyer their underwriting profile. When we put a deal together, we're going to type in the root information, the rental and the expenses, and then have the system. Based on these eight banks, what do you think it will lend you? So I want big proceeds, go here. Part of why I send it out to a bank is to find out the level of interest in this specific underwriting of the deal. We have an algorithm, your AI, so AI under the hood recommends which bank is the most important bank. But it's only really focusing based on what the bank told me, me as in Japan. See what the banks lent in that marketplace, or quotes we got from Giparency. However, so tomorrow morning, it shows us bank one, two, and three on the list. And I closed 19 deals with bank three. It's best for Giparency to send the bank three before bank one. But if Marcus and Milchak didn't do a lot of business with bank three, did a lot of business with bank two, they can go to two before, then they go to two, one, three.
1: Yeah, it's like it's the intuition that makes a good uh, CEO or makes a good salesperson or like they like that's that intuition is uh, is such a skill in business to have. Right. So
0: that's what AI is going to learn. It could learn the, the points that got me to get there. But now what are we going to do next? Dynamic. Since I know which buildings the owner owns, it could say for you, even though Bank Number Nineteen is what we do business with, but that's where your bank deposits are. Where do you bank now? Because you bank at Nineteen. We think that you should go to bank 19 first. No, bank 19 second. Bank number one is still better than your bank, but you should go to your bank number two and then go down the list. We're going to start including the underwriting, the borrower's information. That's where our AI is going to start becoming much smarter. So now go back and own on his own. Like I ask every owner if they all the talk all the trash. They say, oh, yes, we need a broker to help find the bank or this person, this and the broker says, no, I close your deal. They call it very honest. So I'm just curious right now. You have a deal now. $20 million deal. And I said, listen, I can't do business with you, but I have this charity. I'm running this charity. If you give me a donation to my charity, here's the name and banker that you should call. He'll take your call. And you call the banker up and you say, I hear I got your name from Ira. I have this office. Oh, I love that block. I, I went to school around the corner. I always pass by the business. I always dream about doing this building. I'd love to do it. And then you start stuttering, but I am going to put the package together. My broke, eh, don't what send me whatever raw documents they have, my secretary will put it together. I'll underwrite it. So when you hang up the phone, are you calling your mortgage broker next? was hell no. I said, you don't realize that that bank was waiting for your call. They would love to deal with you directly. People just don't know. So I was sitting in a business where it's going to, a balloon's going to pop one day, right? When Signature Bank is going out now, every mortgage broker in New York is extremely nervous now because they were able to leverage the relationship power of Signature and also create competition on certain types of deals. Because is the big player. That's a, and I, I was watching this going to happen. It's going to speed up. So now I'm sitting there, I'm a membership. Even works to the benefit. Someone's in trouble, man. Calls me up as a broker. He's competing against other people. I don't think the deal's going to close. One in a million chance. I'm not going to spend six months in it because I only get paid if I close. If I tell the client, "I'm sorry, I can't help you. I could help you, but it's not worth my time. Like I can't make money." At your parents, day, you could say, "You charge eleven thousand for full broker services. No problem. Then I'll do the work. Doesn't make a difference. I'm, you're not paying for execution. You're paying for time." So the dynamic change, you have a small building, I called me up with a deal for a million dollars. I said, you shouldn't be using me. A million dollars at 1% is 10,000. Why would you pay me 11 up front? Like, what are you doing? Because I, I don't know. big firms that have the connections you have wouldn't work on my deal. I want the best rate possible for a million dollars. They're not taking they it to some, someone who started yesterday. Here, play with these numbers for this guy. And if you get a fee at $10,000, you make it. You're gonna work it just like every other deal. My guy doesn't care what size the loan is. He talked about a $26 million deal yesterday. Just as easily could have been a five hundred
1: thousand dollar deal. Really, uh, it's really impressive what you're doing, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I I think uh, I I think I think we're gonna have to have you back because I want to dive more into the uh, you know like this AI and ML use case in in your industry. I think there's like so much, you know, like the the media is attacking you know the sexy chat interface. They're attacking kind of like the consumer applications, and that's what's getting talked about, but. The real disruption, I think, we'll see in the second wave of AI is going to be in these B2B and these business, these industries that aren't, you know, like commercial real estate isn't something that's going to make headlines right now with, uh you know, AI ML disruption. So, like, I, I, I'm i really excited to see on the front lines what's happening with
0: it. Like I said, and that's the time when, we, when I have to go for the next raises, you know, the cost to make this happen, right? This yeah. Is a few million dollars. This is where you have to, like. Put it in there and really go crazy. That yeah, becomes, it's going to be way, yeah, a lot. That becomes the big debate. Don't ask me. All right, without the AI, this is if you want to like my, what's going through my mind. Without the AI, right? I'm growing and I keep growing. so I want to give away twenty percent of my company, thirty percent of my company, build AI? But I rather want seventy percent of the way we're going because I'm not dying out. That becomes also the next level. It's of- a it's
1: a tough call. I know where we you're going with this because all right, so. You know, it seems like you're in the lead right now. Uh, do you want to close that gap and just get so far ahead of anybody else that nobody's going to catch up with you? No, like but I think Uber? no, but,
0: but it's different. I'm not, I'm not Uber. Uber, you're going into one car, either Uber or Lyft. No problem. Let someone also catch up. I'll provide enough value always to make me five thousand. It's not like who you are. So that's my question. But I rather get the. Fi- that's the dilemma we're having. And obviously, a certain owners like Ira, you're going for ten billion exit. You go for it. That's your shop at ten billion. You're all the way might stop at seven. Or five. But if if
1: you get far enough ahead, though, you'll be all right. So maybe someone else will come up and charge the same price. But if you have more tools, more features, more more uh, customer service, like if you're just so far ahead, like if it's if your service is 10 times better and nobody else can compete because you're so far ahead of them on features and services. And, you know, like the experience working with GParency is so good because you're so far ahead of everybody else. And everybody's like discounting to charge. They're trying to like match you on price, but they're just not comparing in what they deliver. Uh, that's like the gap I'm talking yeah. about. Like if you open this giant gap between you and the next competitor, that's that's why in tech, like people raise because they want to create that gap where they're yeah, just I mean, so was, far uh, ahead. I and...
0: Like I said, I'm going to follow what the playbook says because I'll end with this thing, you know, I, I'm coming out, I'm going to be coming out with a, a book and a podcast along the lines called Bowling for Billions. Living there you in- go. <laughs> I, where, love, I love where, the name. <laughs> where did the name come from? The, name, the first time I'm mentioning it here now, we just, I finalized the name, is that as an Orthodox Jew, I was brought up that we do it in our part and God takes care of the rest. So you have to do. You have, you have to put the inputs and God takes care of the outputs. So I teach people how to social bowl. If you go bowling with a bunch of buddies tomorrow and you bowl less than 100, it's embarrassing. But how do I teach you how to bowl less than 100? How do you go 100? So here's the message, here's how to do it. If you go to the, next time you go to the bowling, Most people aim for the pins. It's a mistake. How the hell you without not doubt hold a ball from nine to twelve pounds, throw 60 feet and hit where you want to hit. It's not possible. But if you notice the next time you look down on, on the floor, about two feet out is dots. Another foot out is arrows. You have one job. Get it between the middle dots and the middle arrow. If you do that, and that's easy, it's only two feet out. If you can go for one foot straight, statistical odds are you'll end up with an eight to a 10 in every single throw. So I tell people, what's bowling for billions? In life, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do, this is the job you got to do and God takes it to rest. So bowling for billions, you do the bowling part of it, the bowling analogy, you do it. If you're supposed to make the billions, God will decide the billions go. So you take the, these, these analogies, like if I'm to build a company, I can't decide, you know, I'm not going to raise the money. You know, the book says to raise it. Maybe the whole business will blow up because of it. You, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Like I told you before, and I told my investors, when I look back, no one says you shouldn't have done something. If the smart money says, you take this, I'm going for it. Because that's what you got to do. If they say, don't go for it. Like name brand, like same thing. You take a name brand VC or not. Like all these different decisions. Up in This current round that I'm finish, finish, putting the finishing touches now, small round, I'm doing playbook we did it before but the next round i'm fine. with full playbook i, w- I want
1: to mm-hmm. close on uh you're you're a really smart guy i can tell and you've got a lot of intuition and uh don't uh don't under uh value your intuition uh v- vcs are smart they know the finance world uh they're not founders they're, they're not entrepreneurs like you're the founder
0: no, no I, by right, the by right, I agree with that same i appreciate that statement but at a certain point but the other way around i never built a business higher And I've built, you know what I mean? Like my competitive knowledge and advantage was getting us to this and the next point. But from there to the end, that go the same thing. My intuition is they have a lot more weight to bring to the table. That's why I did the VCs. Who's going to help me get my first five clients? No VC. Right. But a banker, an attorney, an owner, he'll tell me his buddy, he'll send his buddy over himself to use me. You know what I mean? So that's, but I agree with you. That was the, to go with your line, when I went to advice to a banker who put money in, says, all right, let me tell you the mistake that I made, and I wanna make sure you have your word you're not gonna make it. You're starting out, so you think, oh my gosh, this someone knows things better than your intuition thing. While you're starting out, you know everything. You know better. Like, you don't need, you have enough real estate. My co-family, my partner, my staff, have people there. Says, I, at one point, he says to be named, raised $100 million, and I took money in from a brand name. I was so enamored to be able to tell people the next day, you know who just invested with me? That I overlook a lot of things. That could have taken me out during COVID. Thank God I lucked out again. Don't hire the suit. Don't hire the empty suit. (laughs) If the person actually matches without their resume, and they happen to have a resume, that's icing on the cake. But go for the people. That could actually get you from point A to point B. Not because someone tells you. They say, trust me, I know how to get it. They can't logically explain it to you. Don't go for it. And I appreciate that's the same sentiment of advice you give me. It's it's, it's great advice Brent.
1: Let's get you back on here uh, in a
0: few months or something. I I, sent, I look forward, to it. Brian. But let's make sure we continue talking over the next few months. I don't like oh, who's Brian? Who Ira? What was your name? You know? <laughs> I hope for this sure, man. Value, I hope this is a value to the audience. That's why I come out there. If I can pay it forward, my experiences and like I actually give out um, my cell number. You put a link. So put the link to transparency. But someone wants to reach me. Um, you know, e- 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 I'll e- leave that up to you. If, if you yeah. if you want to email, I to I, me, do, I, uh, I look. Every day before I call it a day, I look at every email and I look at every WhatsApp. Uh, I barely answer the phone. I live on like I have conversations in voice notes on uh, WhatsApp. So my cell is 917-597-2197. I only have one cell, so it's not like that's my that's my Google voice number. That's my number. My email address is IRZ, I R Ira, I R A Z, my last name, I R Z at your parents, Z. and uh, LinkedIn. But within before I go to sleep, I've at least glanced at all my messages and I try to respond the best I can to everyone. My strength is delegation. So I built a great team around me and I trust them. So uh, we go from there. It's a great example.
1: uh, Well, I will definitely be in touch to get you back on. And uh, thank you so much. I think this was a really awesome episode. Thank you much.
0: Thank you so much. All right.